the last thing on a lot of people's lists shouldn't be because it's very important and it's vital for this for the growth of your business and to help drive profitable action once people find you but it's usually the last thing on people's lists so set aside the time hi i'm cameron from smooth digital and welcome to tea with toby the show where we ask and answer the questions playing on the minds of care sectors business leaders. This week's episode is sponsored by Everylife Technologies and we'd like to thank Google for allowing us to use their podcasting studio. So let's kick off the show with a few words from our marketing strategy director, Toby Ali Usman. Cameron, thank you so much. So for those of you that are new to the show, a little bit about us. So we're Smooth Digital and our aim is to help home care businesses and care home businesses maximize their ability to provide the very best care in their communities. Now we understand there's a number of challenges that you face as care business leaders, so we want this to be the place where you could put the kettle on, sit back and enjoy a growth focused conversation and hopefully take away something tangible to implement into your business. And on that note, I'd like to introduce our guests, Alfie Jones and Heather Murray. So yeah, before we get into the meat of the podcast, can I ask you guys just to introduce yourselves very quickly and let us know what your area of expertise is in the care sector? Okay, so uh, my name is Alfie Jones. I am the director of Kahoot Marketing um, and our specialism is care, content and SEO. Um, yeah, this is Heather Murray, who's our head of care content. Brilliant. So let's start from the top. You mentioned the word called SEO or abbreviation, yeah. if you like. There are a number of people who think they know what it means, and there's some who have absolutely no clue. And there's some who's a lot of experts. But for everyone out there, can you just simplify in the simplest way what is SEO? So at its most basic, uh, SEO is search engine optimization. It's, uh, it's getting to the top of Google, basically. It's getting seen. Um, so when somebody searches, for example, uh, puts anything into Google, puts in any keywords, if you want to appear higher up, search engine optimization is what you will do in order to, to appear, number one, number two, number three, try and get on the first page. Um, that's what it is. Um, that's the basic argument. I mean, there's, yeah. there's, there's, yeah, there's a, I know there's probably a much more advanced one, but what I usually say as well is it's manipulating the front and back end of your site to appear higher in the search yeah. rankings, as simple as that. Yeah. Anything to add? Or yeah, there's, there's three parts really, and without going into too much detail about it, there is the on-site optimization, which is the content that appears on the website, which you'll find when you look on Google and you go to somebody's website. There's the off-site optimization, which is all the stuff that happens uh, on other people's site, linking back to your site. So things like backlinks, um, it is, it's PR related, it's getting um, getting other people to reference you and getting links from for things like forums and, and registries. And then the final part is the, uh, the technical SEO, which is all the stuff that happens behind your website, the architecture of the website, the user experience. Um, it basically, your website has to work well and Google has to think it works well, and that's the technical side of it, and you, the boxes you tick to get Google to think you work well. And it's worth, worth mentioning that what we do in terms of uh, SEO and what we're here to talk about today is, is mainly the on-site uh, optimization, um, which is the content and copy that goes on the website, on your web pages, on your blogs, 
Um, and on your social media, which is kind of offsite, but it's yeah. So let's go into that. So what is before? Why don't we just clarify exactly what we do? Because people are probably thinking, well, you both got marketing in your name. Yeah. You both mm. are on Google. You do the same thing. What are we doing? So Toby, why don't you clarify what is PPC, pay per click? All right. So in the simplest form, pay per click is tagging up a number of keywords. So care homes in a particular area and then paying per click to appear at the top. So you probably see in the, the search results four ads at the very top. They're, they're done through PPC, which is sometimes called pay-per-click or paid ads. So it's completely separate, but as a care business, we always say you need both. Yeah. yeah. So let's go into what you just touched on in terms of content and your core um, expertise. So. What is content and how, why is it important for care businesses? The content is, is pretty much anything that you've got online. So it could be on your website, it could be, on, as Alfie said, on your social media pages. Um, it's anything, sort of any information that you're producing. It could be in word form or visual form. Um, it could be videos, it could be graphics. It's everything that you're putting out there to sort of educate people about what you do and to sell your service. Basically, that is how I describe content. Um, and for care for, for care companies, that's you know it's it's critical. It's you know mm -hmm. we were talking about this before. I mean it's um, it's not an option anymore. You must have content. Content is king. Mm -hmm. yeah. And it's what families will use to decide. Um, they'll they'll research maybe five or ten bits of content before they. Yeah, it's make I mean decision. finding a care a care company is a really high involvement decision, isn't it? It's not something you do lightly. Um, so I think. Yeah, people do a lot of research into it. They're gonna spend a lot of time reading up. Um, they'll type a question into Google and they'll want to see an answer. Mm -hmm. So, you know, whoever's answering that question the best is gonna get probably their most attention at first. So Fantastic. it's really so important to be there. Let's lead on from there. So let's say someone does do a search and then there's, let's say someone says, um, care homes versus living care. Mm -hmm. And there's gonna be a number of listings and if someone clicks through, it happens to be a care company who answered that question. Yeah. And it's actually called a blog. That part of their section is called a blog. Yeah. So that's one example of blogs that people can use and think about in terms of the care sector. Yeah. Have you got any other examples of blogs that people can create for the care sector? Oh, there's so many. So think about all the different types of conditions. So. You've got to think about every type of the, every stage of the journey as well. So it's not just people who are sitting there ready to choose a care home. These mm. might be people who just want information about a specific condition. Yeah. So this is a really good opportunity for you to build credibility and authority with these people. So say your dad is showing the first signs of, signs of dementia, for example. It'd be really good if you could establish authority by writing a really good guide to how to recognise the first symptoms, for example, or how to put things in place in the home for the early stages of dementia um, that might help that person along. There's lots of stuff that you can establish very early on in the journey just to make them aware of you, so the awareness part. Mm. Um, and then you can go further on, so the, the consideration part and the interest in consideration, you can look into more um, sort of uh, why should they choose you above other, other care agencies as well, so you can go a little bit more into detail about who you are, you yeah. know, so conditions and then a bit more about you and what you offer. Maybe you specialise in respite care, for example. So you can go really into depth about that um, and what sort of thing they can uh, they can expect from care as well as a really good thing. 
a lot of people wouldn't know what a carer does, you know. Yeah. So quite a lot of popular blogs are sort of, you know, a day in the life of a living carer, what 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 are their daily tasks? Brilliant, that was gonna be my next question. What yeah. about from the recruitment aspect? Yeah, that's I mean that that sort of top blood topic would work for both. Mm. Um but yeah, from recruitment aspect you can yeah, let people know what to expect from the job, you know. Um, you can be really transparent how much you can get paid, yeah. benefits, yeah. all that sort of stuff, you know. There's it's a really, really good way of recruiting. Carers. Definitely, and I, I we've seen that a number of the clients we work with, they're actually targeting people who are in different professions. So someone who's currently working in Aldi, for example, mm. and they've seen an ad to become a carer, and they want, they think, okay, I didn't really know yeah. I could become a carer. I thought I had yeah. to get a degree or whatever it is. That's it. Yeah. They can use a blog to actually learn about the day in the life, as you yeah. as you mentioned. So they can really put themselves in that position and go, ah, okay, so that's what it would look like to me. It's really interesting in the t in the context of this conversation around the million plus shortage of carers in the in, in the UK, and um, that that work pool is the same work pool as people working in in Burger King, or it's a, it's a you know, it's it's a big work pool and there's no reason why you shouldn't be able to recruit people but people are looking for information if they just got the seeds of an idea um, and it's not competitive either so if you're putting blogs about working as a carer and your competitors are putting out blogs working for a carer all that's doing is promoting the idea of working as a carer so the more content the better mm. it's not a race and a one-upmanship um, all of this stuff does help um, so if you're giving information about why being a carer is a valuable profession why it's enjoyable you know, content, um, especially with social media, photos of people having a good time and mm. team photos, people with testimonials, how rewarding it can be to be a carer and work in that industry, then that, uh, you know, if you and your competitors are doing that, there's plenty of uh, workers within that jobs market. Uh, and all that does is really raise people's awareness and raise the profile of the care industry. So, yeah, so. Yeah. so let's say from this discussion, so far we've convinced someone that, okay, you want to start getting into content. Mm. There, there is a there is a structure behind this, right? Um, some people may think you know you just whip out your laptop and start typing away, but what what is the structure? Is there a way that they should start thinking about this? Is there a beginning, middle, end? I'd say that's better than not doing it. <laughs> <laughs> if it's a choice between doing content and not doing content, something as long as it's not wildly inaccurate and or illegal. Yes. Is, is better than nothing um, yeah so it's, better, it's, it's important to know that some content is better than no content mm -hmm. after that point I think there's definitely a structure um, it depends again there's this conversation around SEO and it's quite a complex thing and people don't understand what SEO is um, keywords is a little easier and this is where there's an overlap where SEO can actually work really well with mm -hmm. pay-per-click because the, the keywords that work really well for pay-per-click conventional wisdom always says they will work really well for content as well so if you have both running side by side they can actually inform each other it can be a really positive process if you have them both running together um, so the, the base the base place to start if you are looking at creating content from an SEO perspective is to think about what are people looking for and and then there's a, there's a process of gathering data around that so it's, it's really you need to check in with your sales team or if you're the one taking the calls make sure you're asking people, what did you type into Google to find you? And this is a tricky conversation. Most people won't remember. Mm -hmm. So you need to be thinking about it. It needs to be front of your mind. What are people putting into Google to find you? Uh, and I'm sure you... Yeah, <laughs> no, and what you said is completely right. We've got some joint clients and 
once we get to a point where there are these are the 20% of the keywords that are generating 80% of the leads, mm. we want to share that with you guys so you guys can build content around it. Mm. So that when someone does type that keyword into Google, by the way, a keyword is just a phrase something someone types into Google. So when someone does type that keyword into Google, you're there on the ads, you're there organically, mm -hmm. and also there on your Google My Business listing. And this might be a good opportunity to talk about Google My Business listing and the directory. So tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, yeah, Google My Business, um, sat in Google right now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> They're not paying us to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> not that we know of. Um, so, yeah, so Google My Business is it's, it's a basically a directory. It is Google's directory that for physical businesses that have a physical location. Um, you can, if you have a headquarters anywhere, if you can, you can get around it, even if you don't have a physical location. But typically, you want to be seen to have a walk-in premises that people and customers can actually come in and, and see you. Why is it important? Well, because on Google, you've got your paid results, and then you've got your organic results below that. But then next to that, your business listing can appear, your Google My Business listing. And at its most basic, it is just a directory listing like you would register in online yellow pages or there's other cool thing or, you know, all um, online care directories. Um, but the reason you would, you would especially list in Google is because Google you know, obviously runs the internet. <laughs> it runs search engine. Yeah. It is the, the leading search engine. So it gives you leverage. Um, so there's that side of it. But the, Google is not the only directory, and this is important to... To realise, a lot of people get registered with Google My Business and think, job done, that's great, that's sorted now, I'm registered, I'm going to appear. And you'll appear in search results for your name, but if you want to build authority, you really want to be registered with a, with a large number of different registered providers. So, um, yeah, Bing, uh, Apple, Yale, there's, there's, depending on your, on your business, whether it's um, what kind of business it is, you want to be registered with a great number of directories and that will help your authority and your SEO. But yeah, Google My Business is a very good place to start because it allows you to upload pictures. It also allows you to post social posts. Mm -hmm. That's an important point, I think, because we use it a lot as well, where on the search results page, it's just all text-based. Mm -hmm. But you've got the Google My Business listing with the images. Yeah. That's yeah. an instant thing that st stands out to people. Yeah, and reviews well. as well, which is a double-edged yeah. sword because you've got to keep them up to date. You, yeah, have, a, you have a Google My Business review, uh, Google My Business page, then you've got reviews. People yeah. can leave you a review, and uh, anyone with with a thumbs and a smartphone can can leave you a bad experience. If they've had a bad experience, you know, um, so it's really important to keep on top of that mm -hmm. and reply to those as well. So mm -hmm. we're going a bit off, off topic. No, that's good. It's good. It's a subject actually we're going to be covering as well, and it's important. So with the Google My Business as well, one of the areas that we you do quite a lot um, on on the Google My Business profile is posting content there. So the content that you create, you can actually post it on the Google My Business as well. Yeah. But just also, let's say for example, a business sets out to create, you know, three or four bits of content a month. Mm -hmm. Once they've created that, what's the best way that they can promote it and get in front of the eyeballs? So I think yes, social posts as well. So having active. Um, I mean, for some of our clients, so we'll, we'll produce a blog, so it'll be on that section of their website. That's where it's first mm. put. Yeah. Um, and then we'll put it across their social. So the Google My Business, we'll, we'll put it there. You can put it as an article on LinkedIn. So it's really good to have a, mm. particularly if you're going for more sort of higher net worth private clients, mm. uh, LinkedIn is a place to be. 
definitely you know there's not a lot of people doing that at the moment and it's a really good idea mm. to get to get there um facebook as well so you can write these short social posts and link back to your blog so that works as both a back it works as a backlink doesn't it it's a facebook. yeah it's effectively about it i mean the the seo um, benefits of it are limited um and difficult to claim mm. um because google isn't 100% transparent about how SEO works it is, and it changes all the time but basically um, the first place you want it is on your website because that's yeah. going to have the greatest SEO benefit um, you're, you're going to then that helps to generate traffic back to your website but yeah link into it from social media and like you say LinkedIn is a good place to be if you are looking for higher and premium clients and there's some really good strategies on LinkedIn which we've developed that, um, yeah. that are quite interesting um, then you must, mustn't forget about you know people would write off Instagram, but then you know if you're looking to recruit yeah. a younger pool of carers, yeah. um, it's a perfect place to be. But you have to do it right. You know that's a whole other conversation. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, yeah it's a it's a completely different type of platform, yeah. but it can really work. So in terms of doing it right, there are we've got we pump out quite a lot of content. Yeah. And um, on a Monday we have a marketing meeting. We say, what's next week's content? Now you guys produced, and we raffled it off in the in the Chris in the Christmas raffle, yeah. a content calendar, yes. yeah. which we wish we had ages <laughs> ago. So um, for everyone on the audio, Alfie is holding up the content <laughs> <laughs> proudly. Yeah, a lot of work by Katie on our team actually to give her a shout out. She put a, a heck of a lot of work into this, uh, and it lists um, a, a, a very very large number of different days weeks. Um, so things like uh, International Day of Person with Disabilities uh, and then some fun stuff as well like Christmas Jumper Day mm. and it's just a reference for if you're stuck and you're wondering what to post like you have your marketing meetings yes. what, do we, what do we post, what's relevant, what's engaging well there's nothing more relevant than days uh, of, of awareness um, Autistic Pride Day, National Best Friend Day just lots of stuff to do with care, well-being, health but it's important um, with social posts, you know, sort of the 80, 20 rule, it changes, but, um, you know, you're not supposed to do sales, 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 sales. Mm. talk about me, me, me all the time, nobody wants to follow that. It's really important to, you know, these days do help just putting interesting stuff on your yeah. Facebook. You wouldn't want to follow a Facebook page um, if it was, you know, just all somebody just selling themselves every single day. You want some interesting stuff, some um, warming stories perhaps, you know. Mm. Um, being really hyper local if you possibly can as well is great mm. so what's happening down the road um, yeah. that type of thing you know if there's something happening in the local community perhaps there's a, a spring fair going on yeah. you know that's oh, the type the of thing that get people at the allotment yeah just got an allotment so that's all we'll talk about <laughs> the um, yeah so if there's something going on that's interesting people will tag their friends you know what would you interact with yeah. it's, you know you've got to think about that and yeah it all helps establish sort of authority and trust and interest and that's super helpful. So yeah. how can people get their hands on, on those content calendars? They can just email me. Yeah, Heather at KahootMarketing.com. Uh, yeah, just email me and I'll, I'll get you one posted out or we can do a digital version as well. So, Fantastic. Yeah. Right. Now, so why don't we just take a break there and we'll be back very shortly. Thanks. Toby, we really need private paying clients into our care business. We don't understand the world of digital technology, digital marketing. What should we do? Look, that's the question we get a lot from businesses within the community. So what we've done, we've put together an ebook called The Care Growth Blueprint, which is a step-by-step -step guide on the marketing steps you need to put in place to attract private paying clients into your business. So 
Download the ebook. The link should be in the description below and enjoy the rest of the show. Welcome back. So someone out there is convinced that they're going to take content serious for 2020. We like to get really practical in the show. So can you share kind of a couple of steps that they can take in order to effectively do it? Yeah, 100%. So the first thing I'd say is set aside time to do it. It's really difficult. Content is the last thing on a lot of people's lists. It shouldn't be because it's very important and it's vital for the, for the growth of your business and to help drive profitable action once people find you. But it's usually the last thing on people's lists. So set aside the time. If that for you means turning off your emails and if you're busy managing a care business, responding to 101 requests, it, it means taking that time out because you need to focus and you need to just get absolute clarity. Once you set aside that time, decide how frequently you're going to do it. So if you can commit to posting once a month, great. If you can commit to posting every week, great. But commit to that and decide the frequency of the content that you want to post. Um, and then from there, it's just about drafting up a list of topics, relevant topics that are interested based on, so maybe based on some of the keywords you've looked at. But if, if that's already too much of a stress to, or pressure on your time to look for keywords, then it's literally just about talking about relevant things. And if you're talking about relevant things, then as we were discussing the keywords, yeah. Um, they just happen from. naturally, yeah. I think, yeah, just think about what you're good at as well. You know, what, what are your specialist areas? And just write around those. You know, what could you possibly write? You know, have a brainstorm. Scribble everything down that you do and then think, right, okay, which, what different perspectives can I, can I approach this topic from? You know, mm. people who are brand new to it, people who have been dealing with it for years. Um, how can we help with that? How can we bring our company into helping you with that? It's, there's a lot of stuff. You know, think about the questions that people are going to be asking yeah. at every stage of the journey and try your best to answer them. That's really key. Or even just questions people do ask you. Yeah, yeah. 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 Someone <laughs> asks you a question. Write them down. Yeah. Oh. You can write an entire yeah. piece, you can write five pieces on just one question, you mm. know. So um yeah, and I think um when you when it comes to writing them, sort of formality um should be, you know, formal writing has no place, I think, in sort of care blogging. Let's talk about that a little bit yeah. more. So some people they, we've seen some content and it's kind of like they're writing in a, they're submitting a, like an essay. Or a, uh, exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. How should they write their content? I think conversational. So write almost as you speak. So mm. don't be afraid to use sort of constrictions. Don't put, do not put, don't. You know, um, mm. people, it's just easier to read uh, content that is written in a conversational tone. So remember people are sitting on the bus and they're scrolling and they don't want, you know, sort of different yeah. sections, you know, sort of different numbered sections of really formal language. They want really easy to read as if they were reading sort of a letter from a friend. Um, it helps, yeah, it helps to establish friends. So a knowledgeable friend, so how would they write, you know, if, say if you've got a friend who works in banking and you want to know something about banking and they wrote you an email, think of that sort of tone, yeah. you know, sort of helpful, informal, relaxed, don't use acronyms, don't try and baffle them with, with terminology. Keep it all simple and just easy to understand. I think that's really key. And are there any big no-nos when it comes to content? Things that you should not do? The formal language is definitely one of them. Yeah, don't write super formal, don't lie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> don't write anything online that you can't back up with proof. Don't make yeah. any kind of bold marketing claims. Yeah, mm. I mean, don't try and be too technical, that was just saying about trying to beat Google. Um, yeah. If you're aware of keywords, you know, there's a thing called keyword stuffing and um, where people just try and get that keyword in as much as possible and it just doesn't read right. And Google are very aware of this mm. now and it's actually going to 
penalise you a little bit, you know. So just uh, yeah. put things in naturally. Everything's meant to be natural. Yeah. Prioritise that user experience over, yeah. um, you know, trying to trying to win Google, trying to gain Google because that's not going to work. Yeah. yeah. People want to read things that are inter genuinely interesting and naturally written. And gen and actually help someone. Yeah. 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 So give them the answers of what they're looking for. That's it. So and, and sorry, just one last thing, mm. break, breaking it down as well, I did say said not to use formal sections, but use subheadings. Mm. So remember some people might have, you know, 20 seconds as they get off the bus, they can read one little section and read the, read the rest later. You know, it breaks in, people scan a lot. Um, a listicle is a really good thing as well, a good, really good tool. What is a listicle? A, a listicle is an article written in list form. So we've all seen them sort of 10 um, of your favourite TV shows from 1990. You know, that type of thing. And there's just something in it that people like to read. And it's mm. scrollable, it's easy to digest. So if you could do, you know, the top 10 things that a carer can help you out with a visiting carer will do. Mm. If you can make it into this listicle form, it's been proven time and time again to really appeal to readers. So that's something I'd definitely include. You mentioned just naturally scrolling. So yeah. we're obviously talking about people on the mobile. Yeah. Is there anything that you're recommending that they maybe do for that sort of medium? Or is it just... Whatever you do on mobile is fine for a desktop as well. Oh, well, you've got to think that people on a mobile, they're, they, they're not your only focus. So you're not their only focus. So they're going to be, like you say, on a bus or they're going to be travelling mm. or they might be watching TV, scrolling through. Um, I think it all comes down to what's engaging, what's the right information, what's the right content. Um, you should consider things like uh, pictures and you can should consider things like what appears above the fold. But... I'd say broadly um, that content that is good for mobile is good for, for desktop as long as it's, uh, well, there's another conversation about websites and responses. I don't want to go, go too much into that because it's a completely different thing. But um, Just I don't for, know really. For anyone listening as well, the folders before you start scrolling. Yeah, so what appears straight away yeah. what loads in the first few seconds because otherwise you've lost them. It's like, yeah. they, they, didn't, they didn't do that thing where there's like eight seconds you've got to engage people it's probably less attention. than that yeah. Yeah, yeah. we're so uh, we want everything immediately now. it doesn't load in four seconds and tell you everything that you want to know roughly in the first four seconds they're gone they'll bounce to another website so, mm. so this was a very top level helicopter view of content there might be some more advanced people who want to ask you guys some questions or some people who are intrigued and want to sort of learn a little bit more where's the best place that they can reach out to you yeah, probably me. It's probably the first point of call again. Yeah, Heather at CahootMarketing.com. I'm on LinkedIn. Um, yeah, you can find me pretty much everywhere. <laughs> Sure, so yeah. thanks very much for coming, guys. Yeah, it's been lovely. Um, we'll put all your um, contact information in the show notes and a link to where you can message you about the care content yes. calendar. Definitely yeah. get one of them, it'll really, really help you. Yeah. And thanks everyone for watching, listening, whatever you're doing. And we'll see you in the next Tea with Toby. See you next week.